Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Chad Moore, kicking off a brand new series. We just kicked it off this last weekend, City of Rebels. We're going to be talking about the book of Daniel. You called me Pastor Chad Moore. Are you showing me more respect in no, 2021? No, it's, it's actually, it's not by choice. So I keep calling you Chad whenever I do like hosting. And then uh, and then our communications guy, Paul, he's always like, uh, you got to introduce him as Pastor Chad Moore. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I, reverent pastor <laughs> would be my, So I'm, I'm neither I'm, I'm reverent doing, and very rarely pastoral. So. I'm doing my best because he's in the room right now. So I'm trying to, you know. At least do it one time. Well, good for you. I felt special for about half a second. Yeah. So we're uh, we're in the series City of Rebels. What does this name mean? Why are we calling it City of Rebels? Well, it sounds cool. It does sound cool. So and the imagery looks pretty cool for it. So. <laughs> yeah. So City of Rebels. So Daniel, um, most people know his friends as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those mm-hmm. are actually their Babylonian names. They had Hebrew names that were changed. Daniel... Uh, is called Daniel mostly through the book of Daniel, but his Babylonian name is uh, Belteshazzar. Okay, so you got these four good Jewish kids, but they all get new names. Why do they get new names? Because Jerusalem's been conquered. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago we on did. the podcast. Yep. We talked about the wise men at Christmas time. Uh, if you're like, what is that? What is that about? You can go back and listen to it. But um, yeah, so Jerusalem's been conquered, and um, Nebuchadnezzar has brought, brought the best and the brightest of the Jewish uh, nobles and royalty, their, their young people, mm-hmm. into his court. So the, the females, he would have made part of his harem, which is what you did if you were a conquering king. And the males, he would um, make those guys eunuchs, which nobody learns about that in Sunday school when you learn about the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den. So Daniel and his friends have been made eunuchs. They're brought into the court. Um, and, and they're in this place that is totally godless, mm-hmm. and yet all the way through the book, they follow God. And so they're in this evil city, Babylon, and yet they're righteously rebelli- rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, so, so we called it City of Rebels. One, one of the things I find fascinating about this account, it's not just that they're in this environment that's godless, uh, but they're being indoctrinated with godlessness. Like like they're being trained, they're being schooled. It's you got to study this, you got to learn it. We're going to test you on this. And so it's not just externally, okay, maybe the environment's going to rub off on me. It's this is what they think about all day long is the godlessness of the occult and all that. Talk about the difference between these two things. So it's one thing if I'm in a godless environment but I put myself in a bubble, they didn't have a bubble. I mean, they're they're in the school of we don't believe anything about God. In fact, here's what you need to start believing. Uh Talk about that a little bit in that environment. Yeah, so let's just let's just go through the run of what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a little repeat of what we talked about in the sermon. But their land's been conquered. Mm-hmm. The temple of God has been defiled. Nebuchadnezzar has taken things out of the temple of God and brought them into the temple of his false god. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally a, a demon that he worships. So Nebuchadnezzar... Uh, is the evil king. They're in Babylon. The temple's been defiled. Um, their names are changed. So Daniel means God is my judge. Belteshazzar basically means prince of Satan. Uh, they're made eunuchs. And to your point, they're made to study. Uh, it's for three years. So in essence, they have to go to the University of Babylon for three years mm-hmm. and study um, witchcraft, uh, the occult, and astrology. Mm-hmm. And so not only is everything taken from them, uh, in essence, they're, they're forced to at least wear the uniform of yeah. the other team. 
Yeah. So little spoiler alert on Daniel's story. So all of this is going on. Terrible environment. I mean, just being made a eunuch. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Let's let's call that what that is. And then uh, all of their homeland, everything they're familiar with, their language has changed. So they got to learn a new language. They got to understand all these teachings, all of that. Um, but in the end of the story, Daniel's going to rise to prominence and he's going to have more influence than just about anybody in the history of anybody in the midst and in spite of the city of rebels and, and this totally godless culture. Uh, so this last weekend, you gave a little preview. There's, there's a few things that allow him to rise to prominence and to, in essence, rise above this environment, the indoctrination, all of that's going on around him and go, this is not going to influence me. I'm going to rise above it. What are those things that, that Daniel does? Well, let, let's just make it a little worse. So, so Babylon in the Bible is symbolic for the personification of evil. Mm -hmm. So when you get to Revelation 18, um, it's talking about the evil in the world uh, and how it's going to be conquered. And, and what's being sung is fallen, fallen is, is Babylon. Mm -hmm. Well, Babylon fell... In the life of Daniel. Yeah, in the life of Daniel. So mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that was written. Yeah. Uh, and of course, prophecy about the end of time. But why, does it, why is it Babylon? Why is it not fallen, fallen is Sodom and Gomorrah? Or fallen, fallen is Nazi Germany? Or yeah. fallen, fallen is Las Vegas? Or Egypt or any of these other cities from the Old Testament? It's or... because symbolically Babylon's the personification of evil. Mm -hmm. So Daniel is, to your point a moment ago, Robert... Daniel, his name has changed. There's identity. You know, he's, all of his dreams are gone. He can't have a family. I mean, every, everything's different. Mm -hmm. And he has to wear the uniform of the other team. It's the personification of the worst thing you could do to a Jewish young man in that day and time. Yeah. Um, right now in our culture, um, people are freaking out about all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, our, our country's never been more godless and all that. Uh, first of all, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, I think I said this in the sermon, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, this world is not your home. So just like Daniel, we're in exile. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we belong to a perfect kingdom and one day we'll experience that. But even if you're listening and you're, you're, you don't believe in God or whatever, you know the world is broken. Mm -hmm. So in the Christian faith, the world is broken because of sin. It's not what it should be. It's broken because of evil. So one of the things that I don't understand is when Christians kind of freak out or panic, that, that there's godlessness happening in our world and in our culture. Well, I'm like, well, where have you been your whole life? Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so there's, there's, there's all of that. And, and Daniel is really this book about, I'm getting to your question. Daniel is really this book about what does it mean to follow God in the midst of that godlessness? And there's a lot we can learn from that. Cause no matter who is president, no matter what laws are passed or not passed, no matter what's going on in the world, it's going to be broken. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we follow God in a godless culture? Now I can, I can imagine in my mind, some people listening to this or watching this going, does that mean you're just giving up? Does that mean, you know, as, as an American, shouldn't we be fighting? Shouldn't we be, you know, trying to change things or do whatever? It sounds like, you know, you're just, you're just giving up. What would you say to somebody who, who waves that flag or says, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta fight. We gotta, whatever. Well, we have two options when it comes to culture. Mm -hmm. uh, we can fight or we can flee, right? So it's fight or flight. Um, I think I talked about this a little bit when we were talking about New Year's. And and really, you and I are going to talk a lot about that next week. Next mm -hmm. week's sermon's different. Uh, Robert and I are going to sit together and literally talk about America in 2021. And probably offend everybody. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, right? including ourselves. <laughs> uh, I actually think it'll be very helpful, and I think it'll give a lot of people a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. um, no, it, it's it's not fight or flight. It's what does it mean to engage? Mm-hmm. 
um, this idea that, oh man, and this is going to bother some people, but here we go. I won't even use America or where we live. The idea that in the world, a Christian nation could exist is a farce. And here's, here's what I mean by that. A nation can be built principally mm-hmm. on Christian principles. But Christian means Christ-like. Uh, the word literally means Jesus Jr. Now, it's, it's taken on different definitions through the years, and we've made it a religion and all that. It's not. Biblically speaking, disciples of Jesus were called Christians by the world because they were acting like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So a Christian nation would mean everybody in the nation is acting like Jesus. Mm-hmm. That has never existed in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time that will exist is when Jesus returns and conquers all evil for all time and the kingdom of God is at hand and we won't live in a democracy. We'll live in a benevolent dictatorship where Jesus is king. Okay. Yeah. So when we say Christian nation, that would mean everybody in the nation is a Jesus junior. Mm-hmm. Um, which begs the question, do I even have a Christian household, right? It, it, dep- mm-hmm. <laughs> it, depends, on, it depends on the day. Uh, the world is, is, is broken. So um, do, we, do we fight godlessness or, 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 or do, we, do we run? Well, the reality is we're always called to engage culture, not fight it or run from it, but to engage it in a Christ-like way in representing Jesus. And there's a lot that comes with that. And what's amazing is um, Daniel and uh, his three friends, uh, they, they do this in their day and time with mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar in the midst of godlessness, in mm-hmm. the midst of this city that is the personification of evil. They love their enemies. Mm-hmm. They are full of hope in the midst of hopelessness. They are, so they love their enemies. They're full of hope. They're humble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just read through the book of Daniel, notice how he says, please, he doesn't demand, he asks, yep. uh, even when he's tortured, he shows respect to his torturers. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he's wise and shrewd and smart and how he goes about things. Um, I, I just, just a personal little irritation. I, I hate it when they're doing some documentary or something. Oh, let's ask a Christian. And so they pick some guy, if you're from West Virginia, I love you, but they pick some guy mm-hmm. from the hills of West Virginia without any teeth and ask him what he thinks about it. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, where's C.S. Lewis? Go ask that guy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I kind of went off on a rant. Yeah. But you got these four guys. So they're in this, again, godless culture. And, and there's times that they, they just go, okay, we're not going to fight this battle, uh, but they're not weak. And, and they're not just giving up. Uh, there's other times that they they do stand in defiance to orders of the government, uh, and and they know when and how to do that in a way that's winsome, uh, that that builds their influence, doesn't diminish their influence. And and there's this incredible wisdom and and understanding and insight that God has given them to navigate through those waters, where it's not all just all right. Yeah, we just sit back and just let culture do whatever it does, and we never stand up or you know believe in anything. It's not that. And it's also not, we stand on the street corner and just shout at everybody and everything until, you know, our way gets done or whatever. They, they find this perfect balance of, okay, we're going to say no to eating meat and wine in the King's court. We're going to say no to bowing down to a golden head of King Nebuchadnezzar. They, they ask permission. Can we say no? That's right. And can we put it to the test? Yes. Yeah. And, and they, and, and then Daniel later on in his life, he's going to, they're going to say, Hey, you can't pray. And he's going to go, I'm yeah, keep I'm praying. praying and yeah, I'm letting everybody so, know it. But then there's other things like 
the name change. There's other things like you have to study this that they go, is this the battle to fight? Or is there, or is there something better worth fighting for than this? Yeah. Well, here's, here's what's amazing. Um, so they go to the University of Babylon, they graduate the top of their class mm-hmm. in magic and the dark arts. Yeah. They're 10 times better, the Bible says, in their understanding. So they're not practicing the dark mm-hmm. arts. They're not, they're not worshiping the devil. They're not doing any of that, but they know about it. Yep. And they know 10 times more than any other, everybody else in their class. And God did that. Yeah. So that they would have influence and, and Daniel befriends his enemies, which gives him influence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the best way to beat an enemy is to make them your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's almost like something Jesus would have thought up. That's it why is. he says, love your enemies. That's yep. how you conquer them. Um, Jesus is not just sweet I mean, or nice. He's, mm-hmm. he's pretty smart. So, uh, all, yeah, all, all that's going on. And Daniel has this amazing influence. My, we were talking about this yesterday. Robert and I were at lunch. My favorite chapter, I think, in the whole book of Daniel. So there's prophecies and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But my favorite chapter is Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. Yeah. Because one of the most evil kings in the history of the world... Is singing God's praise. Is, one is, of the best evangelists. Is going to end his life following God. Yeah. Because of this Jewish young man named Daniel who is hopeful, humble, and wise, even though he's become a eunuch, he's in a foreign land, this king's defiled his gods, this king's made him study astrology and demonology, this king's done all this to him, and Daniel still has influence with him, and he gives his life to God. Yeah, so King Nebuchadnezzar is a rage-filled, megalomaniac, Uh, somebody can't interpret his dream or tell him what his dream is, so he's like, I'm going to have every wise person, every magician, enchanter, they're all going to be murdered, because I'm having a bad day. I had a bad dream last night. Like, this guy's a maniac. And then he writes a letter to all people, all nations, saying, you guys have to follow the God of the Bible. You guys have to follow. That's how it ends. That's yeah. how, and it's like, he, his he life is He goes from maniac to missionary. Yeah. I'm going to be a preacher here. That's yep. what he does, literally. He goes from maniac to missionary. And it wasn't because Daniel stood on a corner shouting. No. He, he didn't isolate himself. He didn't fight the culture or whatever, you know, on the street corner. He, he infiltrated it. He built influence. And and in that he brought with him the light of the gospel, the good news of who God is everywhere he went. So so let's go back to okay, are you just giving up? Or are you just no 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 no? I'm not a martyr, mm-hmm. right? We're not called. Well, we may be called to be martyrs if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But the but not the, the mentality of, of a martyr. Yeah, the mentality of a martyr. That's what I mean. And the problem with the gift of martyrdom is you only get to use that once, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't repeat that. But some of us have uh, the mentality of a martyr, and we need to shift and have the mentality of a missionary, which is what Daniel did. Mm-hmm. Uh, had he demanded, right, fight, uh, he'd be dead. Mm-hmm. His head would have got cut off. And Nebuchadnezzar never would have had that moment. And who knows what other ripples influence all of that. You wouldn't have had wise men at the birth of Jesus. You wouldn't, I mean, there's so many things that went into play because it's he was wise and a missionary. Yeah. The question in the, in the series is what, what does it mean to be in the world, but not of it? Mm-hmm. How do we follow God in the midst of a godless culture that really honors God? Mm-hmm. And, and let me just add this and is effective in changing the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets credit with Jesus when you die for giving the world the finger. Mm-hmm. You get credit with Jesus when you die for winning the world to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's our mission. Our mission's not to say, this is the truth and that's the end of it. Yeah. Jesus is full of truth and grace. Yeah. And what I love about Daniel is he just outgraces everybody. Yep. And as a result, he has influence. And, and the way in which we transform culture matters. It, the method matters. So... 
Um, if I think back in history, I think of Constantine. Gave his life to of Jesus. Of course you do, teaching pastor. No, 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 no. Hang, hang with me for a second. Because that's who I think of when I think back in history. No, no, no. So Constantine <laughs> gives his life to Jesus, has incredible power. So what does he do? He travels around with his sword and his army, and he says, you're going to follow Jesus? Yes or no? You're going to take this title of Christian? No. And then he kills him. Very effective. It was a very effective method to have a lot of people claim the title of Christian. And some people would say, well, that was a Christian nation because anybody who wasn't a Christian was murdered. Um, That's not a Christian nation. That's a bunch of people terrified for their lives saying, sure, I'll take that title. Even the term Christian, Jesus never used that term. There's followers of the way of Jesus. There's his disciples. It's not about a title, Christian nation, whatever. It's are we following Jesus and that influence that we have with our nation, with our community, how we lead people to Jesus matters. I can use fear and turn and burn and and all of that and make people go, okay, yeah, I want to raise my hand. Yeah, I'll be a Christian. But that's not what Christianity is. It's it's following Jesus. Yeah, so Constantine wasn't very Christ-like. No. Yeah, see, that's, that's the irony. So following Jesus would mean we do it the way Jesus would do it if he were in our place. That's right. So fight or flight is not in Jesus's battle plan. Constantine did have zeal, though. Give him that. He was very zealous. Oh, yeah. Well, he was intense. He yeah. was just intense in the wrong way, which makes me wonder, um, since when you think of history, you think of Constantine, which makes me wonder, did he not read any of the teachings of Jesus? Did mm-hmm. he not read, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you, Well, for the f- uh, forgive 70 times seven? You know, did, did he not read any of that stuff? It was a new context because for the first time, Christians had power. Yeah. That, that's what had changed. And so there was no context of what do we do with all this power? Before that, it was all we had was love and grace. All we had was we're going to be countercultural where the world says it's about me and it's about what I desire and human life doesn't matter. And, you know, life is cheap and we morality, whatever. This way of love, this way of following Jesus was so countercultural, it drew people in. And then all of a sudden we got power. We jacked it up. And we messed it all up. So here's what we do with power. Those of us who are followers of Jesus. Uh, We serve. We give and serve. What do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? And some of you, you don't think of it this way, but when you're the boss, you're the most powerful person in the room. What do you do? You give and serve. Uh, What what do we do when, um, you know, our kids are irritating us or whatever? We we give and serve. What do we do with any power we have anywhere? We we give and serve. I'm so proud of our church. I mentioned it this past weekend. You know, we received that special offering. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for those who who haven't been a part of the the weekend, so we've been doing telling the story of an organization, um, and and this organization helps rescue recover girls out of the sex slave trade, and uh, Beauty from Ashes Ranch. They're going to build a home where uh, these girls have a safe place to be. They have horses for equine therapy. Anyhow, so we shared the story with the church and asked, "Hey, would you help make this dream a reality?" Yeah, so they take uh, girls and young women who've been rescued out of sex trafficking. And help them recover and experience new life. Mm-hmm. So they want to build a house at this ranch. Yeah. And um, I was already amazed going into Christmas Eve. So we give a, an offering away uh, every Christmas. We give 100% of it away. And we'd already received, even before Christmas Eve, the largest amount we'd ever received. Mm-hmm. So we were at like $360,000. Which is phenomenal. And so I, you know, said, hey, let's get to 400000 You know, this this will be amazing. And uh, this morning I got a text at uh, 7.45 a.m. So, so far, here's, here's what we've received for uh, that offering, $630,478.58 wow. to help uh, young women and girls who've been rescued out of sex trafficking, recover, and experience new life in Jesus. I could not be more proud of our church. Mm-hmm. That's what you do with power. That's right. Uh, you give it away. 
uh, you give and you serve. Uh, giving and serving is just another way to say love. Yeah. Um, love is a, a verb. And uh, how you practice it is you, you give and serve. So, yeah, you don't leverage power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you leverage love. And anytime the church has leveraged power instead of love, it hasn't gone well, mm-hmm. which was your point about, uh, about Constantine. Well, and that kind of mindset of we're going to use our influence, we're going to use our power uh, to serve, to give, to speak up for those who don't have a voice, uh, to stand in the gap for those that, that can't stand for themselves. Um, that That's what transformed Rome that was very anti-Christian, open to every religion except Christianity. Uh, that's what transformed Rome into what some people would call, quote unquote, a Christian nation because it was the predominant uh, religious belief later on. Uh, and they did it by stuff like, hey, we're going to care for these girls who are totally in the margins of society that, that haven't been, that nobody's thinking about, that nobody's wanting to do anything about. The church said, hey, we can care for those people. We can care for those who are sick. We'll take care of those who are sick. We're not going to run from them. We're going to run to them. And even if we die doing it, we'll do that. Uh, we'd risk our lives. We'll care for other people's children that were discarded. That's what transformed Rome. That's what transforms society. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're starting this series. Uh, go on the journey with us. I'm going to ask everybody, uh, if you would, to do three things. Uh, if you have not yet signed up for the daily devotionals, we're walking through Daniel. We started uh, yesterday on Monday, walking through it. So uh, you can catch up with us. You're just one day behind if you're listening today on Tuesday. Um, but five to seven minutes in the morning, we're walking through the book of Daniel. You can sign up at daily.sv.cc. You can also get in a group at Sun Valley. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, we're doing groups online. We're doing groups in homes and we're doing groups at all of our five campuses. You can check that out at groups.sv.cc. The third thing I would ask you to do is, uh, just join us on the weekend, Mm -hmm. either at one of our five locations in the room because we're meeting again, uh, or you can join us, uh, online and just go on the journey with us. And um, it is a new year. Everybody makes resolutions about their body. Uh, Let's make a few about our soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the next five, six weeks, go on this journey with us and do those three things. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. It's going to be a great series. It is. I'm excited about it. Yeah.